As Indians, we have that long, long list of things, concepts, games, objects that we have invented and given the world. Right from the breakthroughs of the Indus civilizations in 7000 BC to us having ranked third in the number of science and engineering publications in the world as per the IBEF Economic Survey of 2021. In fact, as per the same survey, 1,494 Indians were listed among the top 2% scientists in the world. Today in the world of technology, talented Indians have made breakthroughs, they push boundaries and held positions of power. After all, we have the third largest scientific and technical manpower in the world. More recently, Parag Agarwal was appointed the CEO of Twitter, adding to the list of Indians that are now heading some of the largest tech companies in the world. But amongst these lists, some are household names, and some are people who have made very big breakthroughs, but they haven't got the visibility that they should have. This is the kind of episode that you want to share on WhatsApp with your friends and your family and let them know about these unsung Indian heroes and how they have played such a pivotal role in the kind of technology you use every day. My name is Frisia. This is WAC, a podcast where no topic is off bounds. And today, we will expand your mind and introduce you to these men who realized that innovation is where imagination meets ambition. The father of fiber optics, Narendra Singh Kapani, was named as one of the seven unsung heroes of our century in research and development by Forbes magazine. Charles Kuenkao won the 2009 Nobel Prize in Physics for his work in the field of fiber optics communication. But it was unfortunate that this recognition was not given to Mr. Singh. Twelve years earlier, it was Narendra Singh Kapani who demonstrated for the first time that light can be transmitted through bent glass fiber, just not the kind of distances that Kao was able to demonstrate. It will always remain a debatable issue as to why Kapani couldn't get the Nobel Prize. But his son says, our father will always be remembered as someone who provided a broader base for the usage of fiber optics. In fact, Singh was the first one to even coin the word fiber optics. Mr. Singh went on to do a lot of community work, building and preserving the largest collection of Sikh art and had more than 100 patents in his name. It was only in 2021 that he was awarded a Padma Vibhushan posthumously. The father of the Indian supercomputer. Now, while he did not invent the world's first supercomputer, Professor Vijay Bhatkar was made to come up with one just for India. Why? Because in the 1980s, India had to only look towards the West when it came to innovation as well as technology. Rajiv Gandhi was hell-bent on us having a supercomputer so that we could read into weather patterns and accelerate our growth in agriculture. But the US refused to give us one. They believed that we might use their supercomputer, called as Cray, to develop missiles and nuclear weapons instead of just reading the weather. So to lead the project, Rajiv Gandhi turned to a man who hadn't even seen a supercomputer in all his life. But Vijay Pandurang Bhatkar was sure. He was sure that he could build it in lesser time than trying to import the cray and, in true Indian style, 
at a lesser cost. In 1991, the CDAC, which is the Center for Development of Advanced Computing, they rolled out India's first indigenous supercomputer, the Param 8000. It went on to become the second fastest supercomputer in the world at that time. It only costed a fraction. So much so that the US then had to go around and slash their prices. This computer was 28 times faster than its American counterpart and it spurned the Param series which even today stands in the list of top 300 supercomputers of the world. In 2015, Bhatkar was honoured with the Padma Bhushan because after all, his work had been extremely Param, supreme. The father of the USB Imagine having invented the USB and not making a penny out of it. Mr. Ajay Bhatt, who is largely responsible for inventing USB technology, said, I did this to bring about a change. And it's not very often that somebody gets a chance to bring about this big a change. In fact, no one made money out of the USB. Now that is because Intel, who owns all the patents to the technology, they decided to make it open and royalty-free from the beginning. But first pitched the idea of the USB to tech companies like Apple and Microsoft in the early 90s. But finally, it was Intel, who, where he was working, who backed it. It took him six long years to get his colleagues at Intel to crack the functioning of USBs, and today, USBs are like 400-500 times faster than their original father. In the current market, there are over billions of USBs and Bhatt may have in fact missed out on a chance to make hundreds of millions of dollars. But till today, he believes that his contribution to the overall computer industry is what makes up for it. The father of Pentium Vinod Dham was born in Pune. And after graduation, he went to the US with $8 in his pocket. When Dham had joined Intel, it had a 1 million revenue. By the time he left in 1995, Intel's revenue had soared to almost 16.2 billion because he had led the development of the world-famous Pentium processor. Dham was always thinking ahead and after his stint at Intel, he moved on to produce a massive merger, the K6, which for a short while was the fastest processor in the world. It was the first time ever anybody had even beaten Intel at its own speed game. It allowed PCs to be sold even cheaper for the first time ever, less than $1,000. At that time, only data could transfer via the internet, and he was very instrumental in building a new chip which would support voice. And that's how we got VOIP, which is your voice over internet protocol, among the first in the world at that time. Basically breaking it down in layman language, making calls over the internet. The father of India's computer and IT revolution. Sam Petroda was born in Odisha but after completing his master's, he went to the USA. While he was there, he invented the Electronic Diary in 1975, because of which he is regarded as one of the earliest pioneers of handheld computing. 
In 1981, in a trip that he made back to India, he was frustrated at how hard it was for him to call his family back in Chicago. And so he decided that he would help modernize India's telecommunication system. So much so that he gave up his American citizenship so that he could work with the Indian government. He established the CDOT, which is the Center for Development of Telematics, under Rajiv Gandhi's leadership in 1984. And he went on to revolutionize telecommunications in our country with the setting up of PCOs. PCOs were set up in every nook and corner, and that quickly brought in cheap and easy domestic as well as international public telephones all over the country. Somewhere along, I feel like this spawned a series of events which has eventually led us to where we are today, where our population has access to anything and everything at their fingertips, whether they live in urban or rural India. I truly do think that these men could have got so much more recognition for the kind of work that they had done. In fact, they laid down the foundation bricks for a lot of the technology that we do use today. I'd love to hear what you have to say about this episode. I say this so many times, you can even watch the video version of this episode on my YouTube channel. And I've got all my social media handles that are in the description as well. I'd love to hear from you. My name is Fisia. I'll catch you again very soon. Ciao. Thank you for listening to this episode of WAC. To make sure that you don't miss out on a new episode, subscribe to and follow the show on this app right now.